welcome to desi return diaries embracing home again the podcast that shares personal journeys and expert insights on returning to india i'm your host avinash pedi here to guide and inspire you on your desi return journey hello everyone welcome to another episode of desi return Today, I'm really excited to have Prashant on our show. Uh, Prashant lived for five years in UK before spending another six years in US uh, before returning back to India. Uh, I think really looking forward to get some insights, especially from different countries, uh, the work style, the social life, and uh, how things are after moving back. With that, welcome Prashant to the show. Thank you very much, Avinash. Thanks a lot. Great. So Prashanta, if you can tell a little bit about your background uh, and uh, what made you to move from UK to US and from US to India, I think that would be very helpful. Of course, uh, Avinash. Um, to talk about my background, so my full name is Prashant Srivastava. Uh, I am uh, mainly from uh, Uttar Pradesh, India. And uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm a family of four. Uh, I have two kids, one son and daughter and a lovely wife. Uh, I had an opportunity to go to the U.S. back in 2012, uh, you know, for my company. And I stayed there in the U.S. for like six years. And then I was uh, deputed for another assignment in the U.K. And there I stayed for almost five years or something. So uh, almost in one and a half years that I've been out of India, I had been out of India. And... Uh, it was a very great and rich experience that you know I would really like to share today, and definitely I hope that my story of you know moving to India would help people because um, there are people who are always in confusion in Panama, you know whether we are making the right decision or not, whether it will be good for our family, whether it will be good for our children to move back to India. There's so many pros and cons to you know to weigh before we move. So I hope my story would. Help them at least a bit to the people who are viewing this session. Or uh, so, let's let's go. Let's go ahead. That's great. So yeah, thanks for correcting that. So I think you moved to US first and spent six years, and then on the same uh, work assignment moved to UK. Um, yeah. So. Uh, what triggered uh, for the move back from UK to India uh, in your case? Uh, to be uh, to be honest, there was no trigger. Uh, it was always a thoughtful decision of moving back to India. And you know, the best part was that both I and my wife both had the same, you know, thought process. So there was never a clash that, okay, one wants to leave, you know, stay back and one wants to move back, you know. So that was the, you know, uh, the biggest positive thing uh, for us. Secondly, as I said, it was a, a well-thought process, a well-thought full decision. And we planned it meticulously before moving to India. The reasons were not just one or two. I would say the factors that contributed for us to make this decision was firstly, uh, our children, the upbringing of our children. Secondly, you know, uh, our parents back in India, of course. And then, uh, you know, the sense of belongingness, the acceptance in the foreign land. That was another thing. And, you know, the independence, the independence to work, 
you know, wherever you want, whatever you want. That was one more thing. And the last thing was, of course, the immigration complications that you have when you're living in a foreign country. There are so many restrictions on your visa, right? You can do only this work, not that work. You can uh, live only for these many years in the country. You can, you're not allowed to work as a sports person. You're not allowed to, you know, work as a, you know, uh, practice medicine or so many things, right? So you, you are bound by several ways and which is obviously acceptable. Every country follows that. But if when you are, you know, thinking of uh, living in a country and giving a life in the country, so you have to really think a lot about that. Great. These were the factors. So before we dive into this uh, back to India, maybe I'm curious. Um, so where did you live in US? Uh, what about in UK? If you can compare and contrast the lifestyles uh, in US and UK, I think that would be uh, interesting to the audience too. Oh, that's a great question. Uh, that, thanks that you brought it up. Uh, you know, culture-wise, uh, US and the UK are very similar. Very, very similar. Uh, but we did have a bit of, uh, you know, uh, a shock when we came down to the UK because what we imagined about UK was, oh, it will be in as big. Um, though we knew that geographically it is not as big as US. But when we came down, things were quite different in infrastructure-wise. So let's first talk about the infrastructure. The US is vast. You know, uh, you have uh, 50 states in US. And, uh, and every state is huge, very big. You can, you know, uh, drive and travel for hours and hours, you know, that would not end. But in the UK, it is contrast. It is very small. And uh, one thing, uh, you know, I personally, uh, you know, experienced was about the driving, uh, driving thing. It was a kind of, a, a, you know, a shocker because, uh, of course, we know that in, in, in US, uh, you have a, a right hand driving but in, or left hand driving, but in, uh, in the UK and India, you have uh, right hand driving. Uh, you know, contrast, opposite. So that was one thing because you have to get used to. You know, I had driven in the US for so many years, so I was very used to that kind of topic. When I came down to the UK, it was entirely opposite. And for the first year, for the first year, I did not even have a license. So I had to use, uh, you know, public transport or the Uber and everything to travel. And uh, I think passing the driving test was kind of a task in the in the UK. It was quite tough because here you have a lot and a lot of uh, roundabouts. I'm talking about infrastructure here that you have a lot and a lot of roundabouts. And in the US you have like straight roads mainly, turn left, turn right, go straight. That's it. In the UK, turn left. On the roundabout, take the second exit. On the roundabout, take the fourth exit. You miss one exit, you are gone. Right? So infrastructure-wise, yes, uh, uh, US is very huge. UK is very small, and that is why they, uh, everything goes in circle and circle. Okay. Talking about uh, the culture, it is similar. The you know uh, the festivals and everything. You have the similar vibe in both the countries. For example, Christmas. You know, uh, in both the countries, Christmas is you know celebrated very uh, at a very uh, you know, huge level, and that Christmas vibes you will see everywhere in the UK. One thing that I had very much 
uh, difficulty uh, to adjust it for uh, the youth accent. <laughs> because in youth, it was very, uh, you know, sim uh, very simple, uh, very much similar to what you see back in India. You can understand very well, but in the UK, it is a bit thicker. And uh, it was, uh, it took a, a bit of some time for me to, you know, get used to, used to it, with, especially with the local uh, people, right? Yeah. So otherwise, uh, both the countries are amazing. Uh, I traveled in US a lot of places like, you know, Florida, Hawaii, and, uh, and, and many more. And same in the UK, England, Scotland, and both the countries have amazing beauty. That, you know, that makes me very beauty. Great. So just uh, moving back to like this, uh, you know, uh, returning back to India, right? Um, so if we can talk a little bit about, I know you talked about like a lot of meticulous planning that happened for the move and you always have this plan to be back, right? I think, you know, it was always there uh, and, it, and it's great that you and your wife are on the same page, which is the most important aspect to it. So if you can talk a little bit about your planning, right, in terms of your career, uh, but did you move back with the same uh, company, if you're okay to share? Uh, yeah. And then also like maybe on a, you know, on a, let's let's focus on the professional planning. Uh, maybe if you can talk a little bit on that, that would be very helpful. Sure. So um, um, we know that you have to move to India. And the first, very first thing is your employment. That becomes a very important factor when you're moving to India. So uh, one thing we wanted was to it to be smooth. So it can be smooth if we have a job and you move to India. If you land in India without a job, it's going to be very difficult for you to survive for several months because you cannot just immediately grab a job over there, right? That's not that easy because, and that's when the market is that slow, you're not getting even injury calls, right? So, uh, so uh, for me, it was very smooth. My uh, company, my employer was very kind enough to give me the internal transfer. Uh, I was, uh, were uh, the multinational company across the world, in the US, UK, Australia, India. So it was not that uh, difficult for me to get the internal transfer. So I got it very easily, and uh, I had been in the I have been in the country for almost nine years. So that trust, that stability is already there. So it was not that uh, difficult for me. But for my wife, it was a bit difficult. There were some uh, issues, some logistics. That were not, uh, you know, it was a very long process for her. So uh, she couldn't, uh, you know, get the internal transfer. And that is what for us sent back to us. That we had planned everything. We had told our employee that we are moving. We had booked over tickets. And now we, you know, one of us did not have a job. So they started the plan B. Okay, let's first find the job. So we had uh, an Indian number with us. So we activated the roaming on that. And, uh, you know, she floated in resume in India with that India number. And uh, she started getting calls, uh, you know, on the Indian number from the recruiters. Recruiters wouldn't know that where you are right now, right? So they would call you. So you would get calls just like as if you are in India. So she started uh, getting the calls. She started uh, interviewing, you know, you know, attending the interviews. And, uh, you know, with her connections, with her network, she was able to stick to her number before going to India. It was just hardly a few weeks before we took the travel. She secured an offer and that was such a relief to both of us. So that was one thing that I would advise people that if you are making a move and you want to, uh, you know, and you are kind of uh, very skeptic, skeptical whether you will get a job or not, 
data making job before you move out of uh, your country to India. So, you know, using uh, an Indian number definitely helps. So that is about the environment. And then uh, come to uh, schooling of the children, right? That becomes the next task when you land in India, you have to get your children admitted to the schools, the best school that you would want. So we spoke to a lot and a lot of people, uh, our old friends, families. We, uh, you know, went to the social media and started, uh, you know, uh, interacting with the people, you know, common groups, WhatsApp groups, everywhere. Try to get as much information as possible. But one thing that really surprised us that there was a group altogether on social media for uh, the repatriates. That, okay, you want to move to India, you have everything here, and uh, you can talk about, you can, not literally the logistics everything that you can do, but you can emotionally get in touch with the people and understand whether that's the right move or not. And the people's experience was very positive. They were really happy that, you know, that we have moved back to India, especially for the Shabbat. Coming back to the school, uh, you know, we narrowed down some of the schools, we listed, and we started making positive and sales reforms uh, in, in the UK itself before we moved to India. So that made our job really easy. We had certain schools on the list, and we had certain relatives who recommended all the schools. So we immediately, you know, uh, went to the schools and spoken, uh, spoke to them about the admission, and children got the admission. Second thing was, we were not very sure about the board for the children, right? But there should be PPC board, IB board, ICT board, so many boards. It's kind of a such puzzle here, right? So um, we thought, let's give it a chance. Let's go to CBC board first. We all uh, studied the CBC board. Let's give it a chance and let's see how it works. So we got him admitted to uh, a CBC, a renowned CBC school. And, uh, and it went on well for a couple of months. So um, that's one thing I'll, I'll talk about it more uh, later. That uh, what more happened in the school, and so then um, maybe if I may interrupt there, sorry. Um, yeah. So just to summarize, I think uh, you know, thanks for explaining on the career side. Uh, you know that your wife was able to secure a job while living outside India. I think the key thing is to have an Indian number to be able to have the calls, like you know, right. because people doesn't know. Uh, you know, they think that you are living in India and then also the connections and so on so that she was able to secure. So that thing, you know, just a key thing to highlight there is uh, having a Indian number there while you're trying to apply for jobs while living outside the India. Uh, and the second thing is, uh, if you can, I know, like how old are the kids when they moved just so that I think that helps the audience, right? You know, so that from an adjustment wise, uh, you know, which grade, I think that would also help. Like, so if you can uh, share that, that would be very helpful too. On that. Yes. My children, uh, the elder one was eight when he moved last year, and uh, my younger one was five. Right. And we believed that uh, that was the right time for children because, you know, uh, if you move them when they enter their teens, it's like uprooting them, you know, they start gelling with the culture. They start ex taking, uh, accepting the country as their own, you know, and then if they move to uh, they, even their home country to India, it becomes it's it's quite a quite unfair to them, right? So, and and expecting from them to adjust just like us, it's not really easy. So I thought we thought that okay, this is the right time that we should move because they are still growing, they are still trying to understand the cultures, different cultures. Got it. Coming to uh, the interview thing, you know, one uh, hurdle we had 
was uh, convincing the employer that we are, whether we are really going to move or not. That was such a task. Uh, so, you know, she had interviews and uh, and uh, she wasn't a, a fan of HR now. Every time she was grilled, tell me why you are moving. No one comes back, right? Why are you moving? Tell me more about your children. Tell us, uh, you know, uh, you prove that you are moving, right? So you have to face such questions. You have to convince. It is very difficult to convince the employers, and especially when there are so many contenders for the same job, you know, then you are not really um, always chosen for that job. So uh, one thing that I would suggest is that make your uh, tickets ready <laughs> so that you can show your uh, prospective, prospective employers. See, I have the ticket. We are moving. You can tell if your visa is expiring, tell them my visa is expiring, I have no option but to move. All that sort of thing that you have to convince. So, yes, that was one of the biggest problems as well. Great. So, uh, I know, I think uh, you might have mentioned it, but just curious. I think, you know, you have always planned to move back to India. But like, what is there any trigger in terms of this is the right time to do, right? Like, you know, 11 years, 11 and a half years after living abroad, this is the right time, right? I mean, you could have waited for another one year, two years, or you could have done earlier. Just curious if there's anything that made the decision to move back. Yeah. Yeah. So it was always in the cards. That was for sure. It was just a matter of what time when, right? So first thing was children, age. So as I spoke, that it was the right time for them to move so that they can adjust easily. Second thing was that when you live, uh, you know, outside India, uh, you know, you really uh, help your bank balance, right? So you know that, okay, moving back to India with this bank balance would be sufficient enough to, you know, start, uh, you know, a new career or uh, buy a house, or if you want to start your own uh, startup, your own business, you know that, okay, uh, this is the right time we can do. Other factors were definitely there, uh, which were kind of... Uh, so this were these were the positive these were the kind of um, pulls for uh, India okay that okay let's go to India there were some pushes as well that were kind of uh, uh, pushing us to India and such factors some of the factors were you know if I talk about was uh, the sense of belongingness the sense of acceptance as I said if you are going to live uh, a foreign country forever, you have to love each and everything in that country. Every small, big, everything. You have to love uh, their uh, politics, you have to love their social economics, you have to love uh, every uh, everything. Uh, the schooling, the pattern, and uh, uh, the traffic, everything, right? And for that, and, and not to mention, but uh, the festivals. Right, if their festivals, you have to accept their festivals, you have to live uh, life uh, one of them, right? So, when it comes to that, it becomes a bit of a challenge because then you have spent uh, more than half of your life in India and now you have to uh, do the same thing in a foreign country. It, it becomes really difficult. It's not just one way, it's just not that you are not able to accept it, also, other way as well, that you are not really accepted 100% as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, you understand it. Sometimes you have a certain So 
that's definitely that was one of the factors. Got it. And, uh, and uh, what else uh, was uh, the trigger or, or basically the reason for uh, the, the pull factors for India, right? Uh, that um, you have uh, your parents, the, yeah. your family there. When you are outside the India, you have to, you can do nothing but to speak over phone, over the video call, talk to them. Are you okay? Oh, you are sick, but you cannot do much about it. Right? So uh, when you go back to India, at least you get rid of that guilt. Right? That guilt also plays a lot of role that, uh, that you are not your parents, but your family. That's okay. also. So that's cool. Um... So I, I don't know, like, so did you move back to Uttar Pradesh, like, or uh, to other locations? Yeah, I'm in, yeah, I'm in Uttar Pradesh. I'm in Greater Noida right now. Great. Okay, cool. Yeah. Let's maybe uh, touch a little bit on the social life, right? I think, you know, how has things been? I think, you know, spending time with family, friends, parents, kids adjusting to the social life. So if you, if you can talk, uh, you know, a few things on that, that would be very helpful too. Uh, social life has really taken uh, a great turn, and actually for the good, it has uh, definitely improved, not only for us, but for the children, uh, especially uh, for the children, because in in the UK, when we're in the UK, um, you know, uh, most of the time they feel cold, and, uh, and it is always raining over there. And also, it also depends that where you are living. We were in a neighborhood where it was a mixed population, and um, and there were not many small children. So our children were mainly, uh, you know, uh, our, their lives were mainly restricted to the school and at, and the home, right? So they did not have more friends outside the school. That was the biggest problem that we were seeing with children. Because most of the evenings were very dull. You know, they always wanted to go out, play in the parks, enjoy and always would be depending on parents. Okay, let's go out and play. Let's go out to a park. Let's go to a play area. You know, they always depend on and that's I think it's not really uh, healthy for a uh, normal growth of the child because they are completely dependent on the children need children, right? To play and for normal growth. They are uh, at such a stage that they want to share their own you know, uh, opinions, their own uh, secrets with their own peers, their own friends, right? And come and come and just confining that to school or house is very difficult. So that was the main thing for children that they were able to And it really impacts and really has a long term impact on the children, especially uh, for the children who are, you know, the expats. So uh, one thing that helped them was coming back to India was. That the evenings are really, uh, you know, uh, very enjoyable because they are not dependent on us anymore. Yeah. They can just go out, play, come out, and come back home. They have many more friends now. They have the chance to go back to home to meet their cousins. They can share all their secrets with their cousins. They can make memories with their cousins, with their friends now. So their social life has really improved, and we can see. That how confident they have become today. You know, uh, they are they are growing more confident than they were in the US or the UK. For us, definitely, uh, it has again improved a lot. 
uh, if we talk about our social circle in the US, I had a big social circle in the US. We had a you know a big group of friends. We uh, would go out for long drives, for you know beaches, for potlucks and everything. Our life was very busy over there. Yeah. A lot of friends in the UK. It was not the same. It was kind of opposite. Uh, almost uh, no social circle. We did have acquaintances, but they were not really friends. They were no really friends. We did a lot of acquaintances of different age groups. So, uh, but here when uh, we moved back to India, not only we had chance to meet new families, we, you know, every now and then we can travel to our families and, you know, we can reach there in a couple of hours. And uh, we do not have to plan for several months that we have to take off for like four weeks to go to India and book tickets and, you know, spend at least five thousand, ten thousand dollars or, you know, all pounds. And for for a single visit to India, right? That, that definitely is very economic at this view. And uh, depending on that, and also about our friends, we have all those friends, our school friends, our college friends here. We do need of study. We enjoy. We have a social circle. And more than that, you know, uh, we are living in a society which is really lively, very lively. Even if you do not have friends, you go downstairs, you can talk, you can enjoy, and you can have fun. Right. You, you have either you have lots of post activities for yourself, for your friends, you can enjoy. In the US and the UK for each and everything, no, I'm not bashing US or UK, but what I'm saying that this is a different that in the US and the UK for everything you have to go out to a certain specific place. You want to play tennis, go to a sports uh, club over there. You can go and uh, play tennis. You can, uh, if you want to play cricket, you go to a certain ground and uh, you know, meet with the other groups and gel with them. And a lot of work over there. It's effortless over here in India. That's what I'm trying to say. It's very effortless. Got it. So sounds like I think kids are having a blast in the evenings with a lot of friends and cousins to uh, share there. Um, so uh, are there things that you miss uh, living in India, like, you know, compared to what you would have, like in the Western countries, anything that you and your family missing? Yeah, I, you know, uh, my children keep telling uh, that they love the school back in the UK. They school for the Catholic you know, school. And they would go to the church every uh, every uh, month or so, every month. They would sing, uh, you know, songs, enjoy over there. They are missing their school a lot. They love it. Uh, but they have, they have a good school here as well. So, uh, uh, what I really miss is the traffic sense with Western countries really a lot. Um, there's no doubt about it. Other than that, the festive season in the Western countries, especially the holiday period right now, right? Uh, the Christmas, um, the Thanksgiving, everything that uh, our children labor, uh, you know, enjoy that the Christmas life. Uh, you have Christmasy things everywhere, right? So that festive season is uh, missing here. Uh, not that you know Christmas or, or that festive vibe here. It's like you have more, you know, better Diwali vibe here in India than the Christmas vibe. You have better Christmas vibe in the US and UK than the Diwali vibe, right? So it's always a trade-off. So that is definitely there. Apart from that, um, what? Else that I miss about US and UK, I think 
I think that's what there is nothing much. Okay. This is very, uh, you know, easy, easy going here. Yeah. So are there any uh, topics or anything that we haven't covered that you would like to bring up? Um, along the same lines, any advice that you want to give for any future aspirants who are thinking about moving back to India? So, you know, two two points there. So if you can share anything, that would be very helpful. Yes. Um, one thing that we did not cover, I wanted to talk about, was the schooling, right? Especially when children move from the Western country. The pattern of schooling is entirely different. And especially when you were in a primary, right? So, here, when we uh, got our school, our children enrolled into the CBS school, they really found it really hard to keep the pace uh, with, uh, you know, with uh, the kind of studies that they had in the CBS. So, uh, they, uh, the first two months were easy, you know, very slow, but when uh, they started, you know, catching up the stage, uh, sorry, pace, it became really hard for them because every day you have lost them out for homework, right? And um, it's more of a text based uh, education here. In the Western country, it is no longer text based. They, it is, uh, you know, it is, it is differently um, designed for different levels. Mm. So they were not very used to outside. So they were finding it really uh, difficult. So what affected them was they were, you know, not able to spend time playing outside or even, you know, you know, pursuing their hobbies. Like my elder daughter was you know, playing piano, and she was hardly having piano. So it was really affecting them. So we had to take uh, that very hard decision, and we pulled them out of the school system right after three months. And we had a setback a lot of money <laughs> that time. And we got them uh, into uh, an army boat, a fashion boat. And here uh, they follow the similar pattern, uh, which are not textbook based and uh, it is more of an inquiry based. Okay. So uh, they are able to not judge here very well. They, now they can to the date that how they have studied earlier, it's similar to them. They are not doing really, they are enjoying them. And it's not really needed right now for them to do anything. So that is one thing that I would recommend uh, the viewers that uh, think wisely when you are the, you know, putting your children in school, then. which one would be the best for them, whether, whether they have people to pay or not. Eventually, they will get there, you know, eventually they will get there, but the main thing right now, they are okay. They, they can go easy. So thank you for sharing that. Just so that I'm, so you put them in the CBSC uh, first, and it was, uh, you know, after a couple of months, it was becoming very, um, you know, intense, you know, with the book based and an inquiry based kind of a program. So you moved them to IB program, like after three to four months, and uh, they're enjoying. I think uh, so. Again, I think you know, I think you kind of summarized it well in terms of like you know, look at like your kid, depending on the options, evaluate and uh, and see which curriculum could be better for them yeah okay. cool uh anything else that you wanted to advise the future aspirants um yes one thing i missed uh, to cover again was that take the advantage of the western countries 
means uh, advantage that if you are there, if you want to upskill yourself, if you want to, you know, uh, study there, do that. My wife uh, studied uh, her MBA. She took a break of like six years uh, for, uh, you know, for raising the children. And then she came back uh, uh, to job. And for that, she did an MBA from Mobile Business School. So, so it was a good opportunity because you were earning there, you can't spend that much of money. You can still live there and, and you, know, you can get all the support. But doing it from India becomes really difficult. So I'm trying to say that if you are there, take the advantage to the fullest of that country because it's it's actually a blessing to be there uh, in the country, in such countries, which are really great uh, education-wise. So you should take that advantage because that really, you know, adds out of energy you have. When you come back here to the India, you know, to India, you know, it, it really uh, gives you results. It really helps. Okay, great. Yeah, thanks for uh, sharing that. I think, you know, uh, utilize the opportunities that you have, right, irrespective of where you uh, live. So, appreciate it. Um, so, thank you very much, Prashant, for taking the time and sharing your thoughts, um, especially the key points that you touched um, in terms of the difference between the US and uh, UK, like, you know, the meticulous planning in terms of the career, kids, uh, you know, some of the, the logistics that are involved in the move and, uh, and, and sharing, you know, very genuine uh you know experience with the kids education i think that's very valuable especially for a lot of people kids education and how they well settled here is an important aspect so once again thank you very much for your time and sharing your uh journey with us uh and good luck with everything thank you very much Arunash. thank you very much for having me thank you. that's great <laughs>